Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine for mature adults in northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning in to our show today and also thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Radio Pump application on their Apple and Android devices, as well as the Keel application on their Apple and Android devices. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn about some essential planning steps that a person needs to consider when retiring. So stay tuned to the show for some very beneficial information. We do thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a copy at one of our distribution locations, you can always visit our popular website at www.bebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our of our magazine for the past uh, probably three and a half years are online now. Uh, you, you're able to view and download these as well, as well as to view and download our most popular publication, the Silver Pages, the 2020 edition of Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory, as well as you can listen to previously broadcast shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Joining me on my radio show is a very special guest, is Miss Sarah Seth. Gerber, who is a public speaker and recent author of a book entitled Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers. And she loves to talk about talk about this, about what it means to get older and the many ways people today are approaching this bonus phase of life that most of us our parents have never had to have. So thank you, Sarah, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thank you, Gary. I'm glad to be here. So, you know, though your specialty is solo agers, which means individuals who are aging and they're by themselves by either the death of a spousal unit, never married, et cetera. You know, I found that uh, your book is definitely apropos to anybody because even though maybe we're now have a spousal unit, but we may become a solo ager in the, in the future if one of us goes uh, uh, you know, departs this life, we're going to be a solo ager, right? That's true. That's true. So, so define define uh, us your your term. What you think? What a person is solo aging? Well, the term has kind of morphed over time. When I originally conceived of it and coined the term, um, I I meant it to apply to people who didn't have children, because my husband and I don't have children, and I kind of looked around one day and I saw a lot of people taking care of their parents who were in their 80s and 90s, spending a lot of time and resources and money and flying all over the country, sometimes the world, trying to make sure that their parents had a good life and were safe and secure. And at one point, I was having lunch with a friend of mine who also doesn't have kids, and I said, who's going to do that for us? And of course, the answer was, as they say, crickets. No (laughs) one. (laughs) No, there's no one there for us. So I realized at that point that we were going to have to spend for ourselves and plan for ourselves. And that's when I also, uh, shortly after that, I decided we needed a, a, a good name. We needed a good moniker. And the only other one that was being floated around out there, I didn't much like. It was Elder Orphans. 
Oh, no. I wouldn't and, like that at yeah, all. Yeah, I just thought that seemed so um, wow. so negative. So I came up with solo agers, and it, it stuck. But very quickly, I got, a, I got a lot of people giving me feedback that, hey, you know, people without children aren't the only solo agers out there. True. So, um, so I expanded it, and uh, now I, I really include anyone who believes that for whatever reason, they will be aging alone and that they're going to have to really plan everything for themselves in the future. And that, that's the important thing about planning and planning and, and thinking about it. I will give you great kudos. I've already placed your book on our website, thebestoftimesnews.com, uh, and I've had several people tell me they're, they're ordering it, have ordered it. And I've read it, by the way, three times. I'm still learning something. And I, wow. wish, I, ha- I wish I had the book many, <laughs> many years ago. It would have greatly helped me. Uh, I, mean, I know a lot of the uh, axiom, uh, items there, but it's, I love it that you didactically uh, in your various detailed chapters. I'm telling you, everyone, she has great information of where to go, uh, thoughts of pluses and minuses. And, 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 not, and again, I'm going to emphasize to my listeners, I had one listener ask me, well, she only going to... Should people only listen if they're solo people, like they're they're single uh, single seniors? I said no. I mean, right now, I told this gentleman who I know real well. I mean, you and your wife are you're in your seventies now, but you know, hopefully, y'all live to your nineties. But you know, after nineties, one of you possibly may not be around, and that would be a solo ager. It's like yeah, that's true. So, it, so you need to continue that. You're going to continue planning and continue learning. Uh, things adapt and change, and and uh, you know, you have to know those resources as well. So. So, you know, it, it, some, I, I feel like, you know, I, I've been there, done that. I'm telling you, for my family members, uh, I'm a fortunate. My, my parents only had myself as an only child, but my aunts and uncles, several of them were married and were definitely could not have children. And a lot of them did not want to adopt, and they were definitely solo agers. And the only thing I think you mm-hmm. mentioned a lot in your book is networking amongst themselves. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sad uh, that in a way, but but they all lived happy lives, but you know they didn't have those adult children, and and uh, a lot of them relied on me. But the only nephew with uh, five aunts and uncles that were five couples and aunts and uncles that were married. So I was the only <laughs> I was a spoiled rotten child when I was younger, and then when I grew up, I became a little bit of their confidant, you know, helping them to, yeah. with planning and, and taxes. And I bet it kept you busy. Yeah, well, it did keep me quite busy, but I enjoyed <laughs> it. I, I enjoyed it, and they loved um, giving me information and, and helping them solve their problems and what should they do. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you might mention, I think your book says, uh, you know, you're going to rely on professionals, but sometimes you need to research things yourself. Isn't that right? You do. Um, you kind of need all of the above. You need whatever family you can accumulate around you, whatever family you have. And uh, not everyone has has family members, uh, but most people have a niece or a nephew um, or someone that they can trust and take into their confidence about what they want as they get older. Um, and we, we all need to find someone that we can name to take care of our finances and to speak for us in terms of our health care if and when we cannot. And none of us have a crystal ball. We just don't know what the future is going to bring. Yeah, well, you know, I, everybody <laughs> thinks well, that they got older a happy and, life. Well, I got older and my relatives got older as well. And of course, eventually all of them ended up signing 
giving me health care power of attorney and also power of attorney, mm-hmm. uh, you know, financial-wise to take care of in case they couldn't handle it themselves, but which then occasionally became a burden when they were hospitalized or when they were incapacitated. So, I mean, I had a sure. – it was it was interesting. But luckily they had thought about that, and I had forewarned them. And they their lawyers had said, you know, you want us to do it, our legal firm. But, you know, that sometimes those kind of individuals and firms may have 50 – people they're dealing with and don't have that personal family touch you might say right yeah and that, yes that, that, i that in that the case yeah, i always i always encourage people to use family when they can although some people um do not have family that they can trust and in that case sometimes the um the impersonal um uh trustee at a bank or your financial advisor or in case in states where they have licensed professional fiduciaries um, those people sometimes make better candidates than family but for most people there's somebody in their family system is a good candidate for having their advanced directive and their power of attorney it's it's really a very personal thing uh, and something that uh, people need to start discussing as early as possible well, that's the other point. I, I was going to ask you if, if an individual does not have any adult children or does not have a lot of nieces and nephews or other siblings to help them out, how early should they start this particular plan? Well, I think it's important to begin the planning in your 50s and 60s. Um, most people should have some kind of an estate plan, um, a will, a, a trust where warranted powers of attorney, assignment, and um, healthcare proxies, which is usually, if you're married, that's usually your spouse um, while you're still um, in your 50s and 60s. Once you get into your late 70s, into your 80s, all of that should be done. Um, but it's never too early to start talking to family members that you would like to involve. Because the worst thing you can do is to say, well, I've got this niece. Um, she lives a couple hundred miles away, and I think she'll do. And then you put the niece on your paperwork and never tell the niece. Right. That's a huge mistake that amazingly a tremendous number of people make. You must start talking about these things. You must tell the people that you put in your, um, in, in your estate documents that they're there and what you expect of them. And, and, you know, that's important. And, and also having a backup because I've, I've heard of people naming an individual, not letting them know that individual either left town, deceased, et cetera, was incapacitated, unable to, and there was no backup. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the courts had to decide uh, in, in case in, in the situation. I knew a person that, that passed away and that happened. And so they, they had to go to the, the legal uh, expenses of the estate, finding somebody to be the executor of that particular estate. So it was, it was, mm-hmm. uh, and and I want you to emphasize, uh, especially solo agers. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna pick on them a little bit. Uh, uh, <laughs> you you bear. Well, it's think about it. Uh, I've I've had some of them recently that have told me, Gary, I don't need a wheel. I said it's most important that you you have property, you have cars, you have real estate. You have stocks and bonds, and you're all by yourself. You have no spouse. You have no kids. He says, well, let the let the, all the other family members fight about it when I die. That's not the way to do it, is it? No, it certainly isn't. And what, what often happens is that you end up giving it to the state. 
Yeah, or and, you end up giving it to the lawyers that your family hires. Well, and then the family, I was telling the, the, this individual, do you really want your family members to fight about your estate after you die? And that's sometimes yeah. what happens. I mean, they're going to... Yeah, they're, too they're gonna, often. Depending on, you know, how big the estate is, they're going to, you know, say that Uncle, Uncle Bill's estate, wow, you know... They, they finally find out some things from the the lawyer or the law if it has to go though it doesn't have a will so it's gonna have to go to somebody and then somebody's gonna have to file it file the probate because they can't move the property unless they they do do a probate in most states mm-hmm. I think all states mm-hmm. if especially if you own property you should definitely have a will because it's it's gonna be difficult for get uh, for a transfer to occur and absolutely getting, getting all those particular heirs so what did we did we touch on what caught your attention and 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 I want to know why did you write the book? I mean, you probably had all these notes down around the house and different <laughs> notebooks and filing cabinets and files. You put it all together in this book. Well, I have been um, I do a lot of public speaking and I have been talking about solo aging, kind of what we call socializing it. I wanted to see how much whether it had legs, how much traction would it get. Who would be interested? And people would come up to me afterwards or they would respond to my writing about it in a blog or something and say, you are really on to something. This is important. This needs to get a wider audience. So it became really clear that I needed to write a book. And I'm I'm a writer anyway. I love to write. And um, so it wasn't a a terribly odious task for me. And... um, I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed the process of interviewing a lot of solo agers uh, for the book. There's a lot of stories in the book. There are. People who have done things differently. Um, mostly I have positive stories, people who did things and and um, because they were proactive and they, they did good things. I used them as models. But in a couple of occasions, I have used a couple of examples where people did things without thinking without doing their homework and it didn't turn out so well for them so there's i I really do have a lot of examples of all the things that i talk about in the book well that's what i was very impressed by we learn we learn from others and we learn from experiences if we don't have ourselves it's good to have the experience of others that have been there done that that you can say hmm i think i'm gonna do that 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 particular matter it looked like it was a success for her or him but it it it, uh will definitely fruition but i want to caution my listeners even though she targets and her title says for solo agers it's not it can be used for a family members i mean a husband and wife a spousal unit so it doesn't necessarily mean it's only for one person correct that's correct and really everything in the book applies to people um, in all situations whether you have kids or not whether you're married or not the the point that i'm that i make uh, when people ask me, well, what's really the difference between what a solo ager needs to do to plan and what any of us need to do? And I say, you know, not much, but it's more critical for solo agers. They need to do it in a more robust fashion. They probably need to do it earlier. And um, it's, it, it, it's just more... Um, it, the consequences of not doing it are more dire because what I the way I see adult children often and this is a little um, kind of uh, trite if you will but adult children give you a safety net and that's <laughs> what solo wagers don't have 
if something happens to them, there is nobody to rush in and take care of things. Well, that that's definitely true. I mean, other than they might have a, a church member, uh, a best friend, uh, but you know, hopefully they're. Oh, that gets so messy. It, it gets so messy because what what the courts look for, what hospitals look for, is next of kin. No, and if you not. haven't specified that, and you haven't given your health care directive to yeah. a specific person, yeah, that that is uh, it's you know, trouble. Well, that, that's a good point because even myself, I had to be admitted one time to the the ER, and my wife was out of town, and my all my kids were out of town, and and uh-huh. I, w- I went by ambulance, and uh, a good neighbor. Uh, Followed along with the ambulance and was there to help me, and I was, you know, I was okay. I was cognizant of, uh, pretty much, uh, but uh, she she was quizzed by the admitting people that you know you're, you're not related to him. And but uh, I said, well, <laughs> she can act on my behalf. I, I was open enough that I could talk, and uh, so she, you know, it, but it did. You're right. It did have some confrontations initially. If I was, yeah. if I was coming to us, knocked out. I don't know what would have happened then. I mean, they probably wouldn't let her stay around and, and help out the situation. But thank God she was around and it helped out. And and, uh, and I was uh-huh. and, and the other good thing, I mean, I spent the night in observation and she came and picked me up and took me home. <laughs> and so it was good. It was a good. It was good news. It was really good. Yeah. My wife, wife was panicky. She was way out of town, couldn't get back quick enough. <laughs> she didn't know what was going to happen. So you know, you, you never you never know. So what yeah, what are, what are the three most important challenges that you feel that solo agers have? Well, the, the three critical areas that solo agers need to focus on are, number one, finances. Make sure that your money is going to last you the rest of your life the way you are living. And the only way to really do that, I think, is to um, engage the, the um, expertise of a financial planner. And there, you know, I, people sometimes um, are wary of financial planners thinking, oh, they're going to put me in all these funds that they get paid handsomely for. And and I guess there are still some around that do that. But most financial planners these days work on an hourly basis and they um, they are, they have to find, sign a fiduciary agreement. That's part of what their licensure is all about. They have to act in your best interest. And you may simply want to pay them for a couple of hours of their time to analyze your financial situation with you and figure out whether you need to make some changes in your lifestyle. So the, um, the second thing is uh, making sure that you have your documents, the ones we've been talking about, making sure you have those in order. And the third element is your social network. And building, having, building and, and maintaining a community around, around you. That, that's kind of a three-legged stool okay, of well, planning for solo agers. Hold that thought. We'll be right back, and we'll elaborate on some of those. So we'll be right back okay. with more information. But now we're with our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, probably presented by AARP Louisiana and Bears Town and Country Ocean Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 
Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AERP Louisiana Neighbors, down in Country Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show is a special guest. It's Miss Sarah Zeff. Is it Geber? G-E- it's Geber. Geber, who is a... Geber, it's just like Weber with a G. Okay, Geber, uh, who is a public speaker and recent author of a very uh, informative book entitled Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers. And thank you, Sarah, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. We talked uh, in our first segment about some some aspects of her book, but we're, we're now into a, a question that I, I want you to re repeat it, repeat the answer a little bit, but it's very critical. What are the three important challenges that solo agers will have to face and what should they do about them? Happy to repeat that because I think that that's a really critical piece of this. And I see it as kind of a three-legged stool. The first (laughs) is financial, the second is legal, and the third is social. So having your paperwork like we've been talking about for the last few minutes, um, in order, having your advanced directives and your um, your powers of attorney all set up and having those discussions with the people who you're naming um, is, is part of it. And the second leg being financial, generally the best way to ensure that your finances are in order and that you can afford your lifestyle for the rest of your life is to engage the services of financial planner. And the third leg is what what I call social. And that's that it's very important for solo agers to build and maintain a strong social network and and to have a community around them. And and how do how do you recommend I know in the book you recommend several things that you've spent a lot of time about that. So give yeah, give, give I our do. listeners give our listeners a little bit of of aspects, I know that one of them is volunteering, right? It well, it it is volunteering is one of the things that adds, and that's very important too. It, that's very important for all retirees. Um, so making the decisions about how you're going to maintain meaning and purpose in your life is important. Um, it's a little tangential to talking about your social network because your social network is includes whatever family members you have plus the people you count as friends it may well involve neighbors Uh, if you live in a town that you have been in for quite a while i assume you know a lot of people in that town you at least know your neighbors and that's an important thing by the way for people as they age to to make it their business to know their neighbors because in, a, in an emergency, like the one you described, Gary, you had to rely on a, a friend or neighbor in the absence of your wife and kids. So we all need to have that. That's part of our social network. Well, let, let's it's say part of building it, it's, it's good to ask. Community. I mean, some people, I hate to say this, but uh, some people live in communities and, and subdivisions where they hardly even talk to each other, which is awful, so sad. That's a shame. It, it's That's a sad a shame. In, in America that this happens, that uh, everybody's worried about, uh, I hate to say, you know, um, they're, they're nosy, nosy neighbors. Sometimes I heard people say, well, I don't want to tell them everything about me. Well, they don't, you know, we're not going to be they inquisitive. They have to know everything about you, but they need to know enough to save your life. Yeah, and that and that's the case. I mean, and we, we all need to be 
be friendly and courteous, but you never know when somebody might need help. And I, I was telling a gentleman one time before, I don't want to, I don't want to meet my neighbors. I said he moved into the area. I says, you're new, you don't know many people. Neighbors will be easier thing to, to to come. He says, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna join a church and meet all those people there. I said, well, they may, that's gonna yeah, be that's great. that's good too. That's good. And that, you know, yeah. that's, that's another way. But your neighbors are right there, close and nearby, in case you need them for any any matter of uh, situation, right? And if you're home alone. Yes. And one of the silver linings of the um, the pandemic that we're all in the middle of, and having to shelter in place, is a lot of people have gotten to know their neighbors right. where they didn't know them before. That is so. Correct. That's a kind of you know there are a few silver linings to this, as far as I can tell. But that's one of them. Well, and that's true. Uh, I know of so many people now. The neighbors help in getting groceries to certain individuals that that are scared to get out in their home and place, and or getting explained to them how to order by Amazon or um, the delivery services. I, I've had to educate mm-hmm. a senior about that recently, and and she thought, <laughs> "Wow, this is really cool. It comes right to your doorstep." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I hate to say this, a lot of them, especially the aged. Uh, don't understand some of this high technology. And, of course, a lot of them now, I uh, had one senior, 84, she says, should I buy Netflix now to this COVID? I says, ma'am, if you can afford it, <laughs> buy it, because you're going to have all these movies to pick from. Because she said, yeah. Well. And so she called me. She loves it. I mean, she said, why did I not get this like five years ago? I said, ma'am, it's your decision. I just, <laughs> But, you know, I'm sure those particular uh, companies did, did real well during this COVID time. Uh, they did. But, you know, again, documents, I will tell everybody this book is very essential because it outlines all the various legal documents that you should have or try to obtain uh, either by free. You can get them sometimes by free services, by dealing with an attorney, a financial planner, uh, your your uh, senior, uh, our, our Louisiana Council Aging's offices. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're California, that you're in California, right? Uh, yes. Uh, has tremendous resources. All of our absolutely, uh, re- they have tremendous resources, and it can help you in developing these particular documents that are approved in your state. Again, Sarah, we're an unusual state. We're we're a uh, non-conforming uh, legal state because we still use Napoleonic code. So our mm-hmm. legal documents are all different than all the other 49 states. Uh, mm-hmm. They have to be in a specific manner. So. Uh, when people come to our state and say, do I need to change my will? Yep, you need to change it. You need to go find somebody to, to change that as well. Okay, we're back. Uh, the interesting thing is that, you know, that because everybody needs to, when they, uh, I have a, we have a lot of seniors and boomers from throughout the country that relocate for some reason. I'm sure that solo agers try to decide they might want to go to Florida or, or Mississippi or Alabama and uh, especially the ones from up north, we, we've seen a lot come in our area because they want to get away from the coal. Uh, but many of them are solo agers, and uh, I've met many of them in Destin and et cetera. And and you know, hopefully, we're going to remind them if you relocate, you need to remember that you need to check with the local uh, area about whether all your documents are valid. Especially if you name somebody in your power attorney or healthcare power attorney that's in Wisconsin, correct? Yes. Yes, every state is different. And so, you know, you know what you want to call your 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 niece Betsy up there. I said, Betsy, I'm no longer in uh, Milwaukee. Now I'm in, you know, Dustin, Florida. <laughs> and I'm sure she said, Oh, you know, Grandma, I'd love to come down there and take care of you in case you need to be taken care of. 
<laughs> right? So that yeah, ha- that does yeah. have a pl- that does have a plus there as well. But no, uh, yes. I I highly agree that solo agents do need to have a, a better social networking and and dealing with uh, that the, you know your your spousal unit, which you may have friends and and, and rel- more relatives based upon having both sides of your family, and and hopefully that continues too. I mean. Even though you're solo agers, maybe you don't have adult children or grandchildren, but you deal with your your family members on either side. You, do you see that the case? Yes, um, and it's also important to where where possible to name people in your estate documents that live fairly close to you. If you're trying to decide between a niece in um, a niece that lives a hundred miles away and a niece that lives in Milwaukee. <laughs> Choose the niece that lives close, because when you need help, it may be um, without much advance notice, and that person may not have a lot of time to um, <clears throat> negotiate with a hospital or um, drive to wherever you are. So it's much, much easier for them to help you when they're local, if possible. Well, that that's a good point of advice. So. In your book, I can't. I don't remember all this, all the details. I don't have it right in front of me. Is um, regarding solo agers, is their plan for finances and legal a little bit different than if they were parents? Um, not really. The it, it, the considerations of who to name in your documents are that's sort of universal. I mean, everyone has to go through that. I know people who don't want to name their own kids and would rather have some outside um, objective person or entity make decisions for them, and that's their choice. It's just that solo wagers have fewer choices because they don't have the kids. Well, that, that, that's true as well. That, that's a major consideration as well. Um, so, again, I'm emphasizing to our listeners out there, even though that Sarah's book primarily talks about planning, retirement planning for solo agers, it would apply to everyone. And everyone that's, that's making those plans in advance, as you mentioned, the earlier the better. But most people do it around 50 years of age to, to plan for their retirement in the, the 60s and 70s. And, you know, I've been reading a lot of books. People are now retiring even older. They want to stay in the workforce. They want to keep active. And, and they've, they've got secure jobs or small businesses that uh, they've decided to, 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 I would call it, quasi-delay the retirement, but maybe gear down in their, reti- uh, their business activities. Do you see that the case? Oh, absolutely. My book was primarily written for baby boomers okay. because it's among baby boomers that solo aging is so prevalent. It's almost 20%. That's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, a very respected research organization, the Pew Research Organization, did a study based on the census back in 2010 and discovered that women aged 44 and older, and at that point, 44 was the youngest baby boomer. How many women, 44 years of age and older, had not had children? And it was 19.4%. Whoa, okay. That's, that's, a, that's a lot. A, that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, so, and, and no, generally people at that age, uh, even at 40s, women and men don't want to adopt. I mean, I've noticed, you know, that younger generation some millennials do, some, some do but i would not say a lot uh, in that particular age bracket would, would want to adopt it uh, and the adoption right. procedures are not as easy as what we thought 
what we think they are. So, um, and so it, it's becoming more more difficult to uh, adopt kids. We wish it was a little bit simpler, but they go through all this hierarchy as well. well. Let's hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Averis, Tenant Country Rush Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kalidas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AERP Louisiana and Ebers, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, is Miss Sarah Zeph Gerber, who is a public speaker and recent author of a book entitled Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers. And thank you, Sarah, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, Happy to be here. I, 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 I told uh, Sarah in the previous segments that I found her book quite quite essential, quite interesting, quite beneficial, that I, I wish I had it about five or six years ago that it would help me in certain areas. But I'm learning a lot. Uh, you keep learning, as as we all do, even no matter what age, uh, that we keep reading, we keep learning, we keep applying, we keep ap- asking questions, and uh, as she, as she says, we keep networking, right? Get, right. Becoming absolutely networking with our neighbors, our family members, and the more we get out, and and uh, you know, even though this COVID times difficult time for people to, we're, we're still doing it via Zoom. We've taught a lot of. Uh, solo agers as well as aging people that use the zoom technique and uh, it's becoming pretty pretty much used by uh, by the seniors that I've been dealing with as well so what about what about living relate uh, arrangements regarding solo agers is, is they need to think about that very succinctly absolutely because yeah uh, absolutely that's um, that's certainly part of it's actually part of building that social network um, I'm not a huge fan of aging in place for solo agers, especially if aging in place means aging in your single family, two or three story home on a cul-de-sac where you don't know your name. <laughs> it's just a recipe for loneliness and isolation, and we're all getting a dose of what loneliness and isolation is like right. during this shelter in place. So it's, it seems very important to me for anyone, but especially solo agers, to relocate somewhere where they're going to have a community around them. And I don't mean that that necessarily has to be traditional senior housing, although that's fine too. And for people that can afford um, independent living in senior housing or um, an active adult community, 55 plus community, those those are wonderful places to age in that you have someone that is, uh, or, or a group of someone's sometimes, organizing activities. There's something to do all the time. And you don't have to look for things. There's already organ, organized golf tournaments and um, pickleball uh, games and book clubs and all just every kind of club and get-together that that is of interest to people that you can imagine. Everything from from choirs And and think of the advantages of that regarding a solo ager. I I will tell you, my mother, uh, my mother and father, 
uh, father passed away many years ago, and she was in a large house all by herself. The upkeep. Luckily, she had me to help in a situation of make who to call. But after a while, it got so so laborious and expensive, and and she was only using less than a thousand square feet of a of a six thousand <laughs> square foot home. And I said, yeah. So we we talked her into going into an independent living, and she lived ten years there with very good, better health than what she was at home. So I was thrilled. That's right. I was thrilled. I now, mean, not not everyone can afford that, and I true. I totally get that. So there's a huge swath of people in the middle that need to find other options, and there are 55 plus um, active adult communities that right? we where you can can rent. Um, a uh, an apartment, a one or two bedroom apartment for oh gosh, anywhere from fifteen hundred or even twelve hundred a month, um, and doesn't go much higher than than two thousand, and have all of those activities and all of those neighbors right at hand in a very um, close knit community. Um, there are also other options. For instance, I've become a very big fan of mobile home parks. Sure. Now, I don't know whether you have a lot of those. Oh, we have lots of them. We have lots Do of you? them. Do you? Okay. Well, they can be wonderful places to age. And uh, likewise, um, just what we call uh, NORCs, naturally occurring retirement communities, which what mobile home parks uh, end up being often. Um, there are other condominium complexes that seem to have a, um, a fair number of older adults in them. They can be naturally occurring retirement communities. But any way you can can find to give up that home that isn't suited for somebody in their 70s or 80s or 90s because there are stairs and throw rugs and all the you know oh, dangers yes. for people as they age. It, I don't know of one person that is in some kind of a retirement or senior community that isn't happy they made the move. Well, and they made the move that definitely is, makes positive. You'll see smiles on their faces. They're going to end up yeah. meeting other people easily uh, than the same predicament, and it def- definitely has the positive area. And you know, and it also we'll, we'll touch on this one. They're more solo agers are more vulnerable to isolation and, and loneliness, and this is one way to to combat that. I'm sure there are others, and let's talk yeah. we'll talk about that. What other things they can do to 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 uh, to avoid that loneliness syndrome as they get older? Well, being being a joiner um, is always um, very helpful. And some people maintain the kind of attitude that I'm not a joiner. I don't, like to, I don't like to hang out with people in clubs and things like that. But honestly, as you get older, it's important to reframe that in your mind and be open to that. Churches and synagogues and mosques, uh, any kind of place of worship can be a wonderful way to build and maintain a social network. And they often, most most um, churches and synagogues that I know of have everything to support the older adults, everything that's needed to support the older adults in their community. So that can be hugely helpful. And if you already live in in a house that is conducive to staying in, in other words, it's on one level, or you could live on one level of it, and you do know your neighbors, and you often see them and get together with them, having a church community or a community that's comprised of people that you volunteer with 
or that you're in a book club or a quilting club with, you can supplement and, and maybe stay in your home. There, there certainly are exceptions to the, you know, never age in place advice that I, I like to espouse, but well, well, and, people, and the other thing is, they're not, Sarah, there's also experts throughout the United States that come help can help you examine your home on an objective basis uh, on whether it's going to be good for you in the next 5, 10, or 15 years. I mean, the other thing is yes, you, you, you can get it free of charge uh, if you need home health care services. I was a home health care administrator for 12 years, so all of our nurses were required to check out the home environment to make sure that they would not hurt themselves if they're being, you know, currently uh, we're taking care of them after a hip fracture, et cetera, and they may be by themselves, and we have any caregivers there, but we made sure that uh, everything was uh, conducive, and as you said, there's the slip rugs, the bathtubs, et cetera, and we had all handrails and things like that that needed to be done, needed to be done. But there, are, there, are, there's many organizations. Some do it free. There's are some minor charge, but it's a good thing if you want to age in place that you get it evaluated to make sure you can, you can last uh, in that area. I mean, I know many people are doing it in my area, are, are changing their homes because they're by themselves to. to Hopefully, age in place. They don't want to. I know many do not want to move to a group area or an independent living center or, or these uh, other types of facility. They rather spend the money and accommodate themselves. But you're right. If they're on a one story, it's much easier than having a two story. But several of them have two story, and I know of an individual that could afford it, put an elevator. So you know that. That, yep. happen. that <laughs> happens, and if they can afford it, that makes it much easier to, to go from upstairs to down to downstairs as well. Well, thank you. The, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to say that the um, it's not all about the house. It's much more about your social network and the community around you. That's right. That is right. Well, thank you for joining us today. You were quite educational to our listeners and myself. And her book is called Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers. And uh, she also has a website. Can I share the website with my listeners? Absolutely. It's www.sarahzeffergerber.com. It's S-A-R-A-Z-E-F-F-G-E-B-E-R.com. And it's a fabulous website. I went to it and got some good information there. So, again, they can pick it up. Uh, it is on our website, thebestoftimesnews.com, that uh, you can order via uh, Amazon as well and then many other outlets throughout the area. Good luck to you, and thank you again for being on our show. You provided me, and I know my many thousands of listeners out there, some great educational aspects that they consider for themselves or their loved ones. Well, thank you, Gary. I really enjoyed it. And um I hope your listeners found it valuable. They will. They will. I, I did as well. So, again, stay safe, keep healthy, and uh, looking forward to talking to you in the near future. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our show today. Please don't forget to pick up your personal copy, The Best of Times, in one of our 270 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas. Wishing you and yours the best of times, both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Keel.